Welcome to A Lawyer's Guide to the Galaxy, a podcast about geek culture by lawyers with your hosts, Ben Siders and Kirk Damon. Welcome back to A Lawyer's Guide to the Galaxy, the podcast that asks interesting questions that don't have any answers. With your host, Ben Siders, that's me, and the other guy, Kirk Damon, is not here, and I don't have a recording of him to use, so just imagine him saying that Kirk is in the captain of the Enterprise. Uh, we are intellectual property lawyers and certified geeks practicing law in St. Louis, Missouri. You can find me, Ben, on Twitter at Benjamin Siders. You can find Kirk at KirkDMN. You can follow this podcast at LGGPod. And all of this information is on our website, LGGPodcast.com. We are doing something a little different today with our episode. Well, <laughs> everything's been different recently uh, because of this COVID thing. And recording this on, uh, on Monday, May 4th, uh, Kirk already recorded some other content that I'm going to mix in, which has been how we've had to do these for the last uh, week or so. But, um, you know, we're, we're seeing some parts of the economy start to reopen. So hopefully this content won't be needed for much longer. But what we're trying to do is get you just some ideas of things that Kirk or I at least are finding interesting and helpful to pass the time and that you as geek members of our geek audience of our geek podcast may also be interested in. So um, I'm going to intermix uh, both some of my thoughts with some of Kirk's and we'll try and keep this each piece relatively brief so that if you're bored to tears by any one topic, another one will be along after a few minutes. So we'll start, I'll start out. So I'm, I'm historically not a big TV watcher. Uh, if I've got spare time, I normally prefer to play a video game or uh, maybe play my uh, guitar or something like that. I bought a uh, Fender American Performer electric guitar for myself for Christmas this year. I love it. It's, it's not like their highest end guitar, but it's definitely more guitar than I need because I am not that good. But it's got, it's got like a vintage 1970s headstock. It just, it looks really slick. So I um, absolutely love this, uh, this guitar. So I, I play that every chance I get. Back here, I'll throw a little ditty in here for you. So yeah, I'm a, I, I learned to play when I was in uh, high school and I've picked it back up after 20 years. So everything I know about playing the guitar, I learned from 17 year olds and uh, it's been really fun. But when I'm not doing that, my wife and I watch TV shows and she loves uh, dramatic series, especially things like spy thrillers, political thrillers. One of our favorite shows has been Homeland. We've watched that since it uh, debuted. Uh, that sh- that show just concluded. So if you like spy thrillers, that one is excellent. It's got uh, Mandy. Oh, I can't pronounce his last name. Um, he's an Eagle Montoya from The Princess Bride. And he plays like a, like the director of the CIA in the series. So if you have trouble imagining that, just go watch it. Uh, it's, it's amazingly well done. And he does a fantastic job. So Homeland, if you missed that one and you like political thrillers at all, it's it's excellent. We also, of course, living in Missouri, have been watching Ozark. It is about a, uh, a cartel lawyer from Chicago who uh, has a partner who's caught skimming off uh, the top. I'm not spoiling anything. This happens in the first five minutes of the first episode. Uh, and then to to sort of make up for it, he offers to launder uh, the, the cartel boss's money through um, you know, various business enterprises at the Lake of the Ozarks here in uh, Missouri. If you're not familiar with the Lake of the Ozarks, uh, it's the Osage River in southern Missouri, Ozark foothills, which was dammed up in the 1930s and then uh, back flooded over four counties. If you look at a map of Missouri, it, it looks like like a Chinese dragon. It's a very rural part of the state. If you've never been there, it's a really neat place to visit. It's gorgeous. It's a, it's a cool area. Long story short, it's an, it's an interesting show with a lot of good dramatic tension. Also, Jason Bateman is in it. He's excellent, funny, dry. Um, and then uh, Laura Linney plays his wife. 
Uh, everything about it is extremely well done. We also watched Billions, which I think is on season four or five. That stars uh, Paul Giamatti and uh, uh, Damian Lewis, and is sort of these two uh, and how their egos and their drive to to quote unquote win at all costs uh, winds up costing them everything that they really care about. An interesting show. I I, th- I think it makes an effort to really get into the details of both uh, you know the practice of law and how these financial companies work. If you are interested in legal TV shows or Wall Street or you hate Wall Street and want to see it portrayed in a negative light, uh, check out Billions. Speaking of legal TV shows, my wife and I tried to watch Better Call Saul when it first came out. We kind of weren't gripped right away by it. It wasn't bad. It just really didn't uh, sink its claws into us. But I have heard amazing things about it over the last several weeks. So we have started watching that again. We're only on like episode three or four of season one, but coming back to it after a, a pause, uh, I'm definitely seeing the merits of it. So we're, we're watching Better Call Saul, enjoying it very much. But if, if you want to watch the best uh, lawyer narrative ever made, then what you want is My Cousin Vinny. That is the best lawyer TV show or film ever made. There are no other correct answers. We're also watching Westworld, uh, season three I think we're on. It's more of a sci-fi thriller show. It's kind of really gone off the rails of where the plot originally started, but not in a bad way. If you don't know the premise, there is a theme park where people could go and interact with what are called hosts. They're basically extremely lifelike and realistic uh, androids that the guests basically just abuse for uh, their own uh, their own their own pleasure. The hosts eventually become sentient, realize that they've been abused all this time, and it's uh, it's excellent. And finally, my wife and I are, have started watching Devs D E V S. Devs stars Nick Offerman uh, is sort of of uh, not the main character, but an important character. And it's sort of a sci-fi, almost a philosophical series. It's an eight-episode series on, uh, we're watching it on Hulu, but I think it's on FX. Basically about a, a Silicon Valley tech company uh, involved in quantum computings that invents a deterministic machine that can predict the future and project into the past. It's all really well done. There's a lot of heavy physics, a lot of heavy computing in it, but it's explained well enough in the process of the narrative that if you don't understand those things or don't really care about them, you can still get into the story because it's really a character-driven story. Okay, I'm back. I think all of us are starting to feel the strain of quarantine and, and living alone. You know, I don't exactly spend a lot of time on social media, but I was going to share a couple of my uh, sort of favorite, two favorites, pandemic memes. So the one I encountered this morning, and I thought, what is the eating situation? I actually like to cook. I actually worked as a chef for a couple of years. I worked as a baker actually for one year out of a, a high school, and I worked as a chef for uh, about nine months out of college in a, a Middle Eastern restaurant. The lead chef was actually Afghani, so that was definitely where a lot of it came from. But he definitely made it. He Americanized things, and he did a little more basic. But that was uh, a lot of fun. But because of it, I've enjoyed cooking. And, and the biggest thing about it is I don't feel scared cooking. It doesn't bother me at all. So we've actually been you know, having a lot of fun. I've been having a lot of fun in the kitchen, partially because of the fact that just I can now make meals where it's, hey, this is something I've got to touch every 10 minutes, you know, for 10 minutes, every, you know, two hours. I'm here. I can do that. It's not something where, you know, previously I had to do that on a weekend or it wasn't really available, but people are actually talking about, you know, Hey, what about the weight gain? What about stuff like that? The, uh, the nature of, of what it's like to be alone. And they commented about, you know, pandas, which are generally solitary creatures, um, are known to eat for 12 hours a day. So they actually spend a huge amount of their time eating. And needless to say, I think a lot of people are also eating 12 hours a day, which of course is why this is called a pandemic. Yeah. That's 
that's a dad joke, but it's one of those things I still thought was actually funny when I happened to see it. The other one, Chuck Norris got the, was found out to have tested positive for COVID-19. Um, and as a result, of course, the virus was forced to spend uh, 14 days in quarantine. So anyway, that's uh, for those of you who are, you know, that's, you'll definitely get that for those of you who are maybe a little bit younger and not sort of quite as familiar with the whole Chuck Norris thing. Um, go watch a few episodes of Walker, Texas Ranger, and you might understand. Other stuff we're doing, I got a board game for me and my kids to play called Mice and Mystics. It's sort of a Dungeons and Dragons light, I describe it as. Um, it's it's got some it's it's a miniature based combat game, but there's an exploration element. It comes with a storybook that you can kind of well, go through the plot. It's it's a really nice sort of basic introduction to lightweight role playing games um, for for younger kids. And I'm playing it with my uh, my my middle three kids who are uh, 10, 11, and 12. So they're really enjoying it. If you're looking for a, a fun, different kind of game that has sort of the uh, the imagination and communal tabletop spirit of a role-playing game, but without all of the uh, statistical depth of like a full-fledged RPG. Okay, I'm back. Uh, I guess I got sort of one last segment uh, to, to get into here. Um, so one of the things that's been very interesting for me, <laughs> my wife had the bright idea, and I think it was definitely a, a great one, that uh, the day before we actually went into a sheltered home and everything closed here, uh, we went and raided the library. <laughs> And ended up with a large pile of books. We were not the only person doing that, obviously. And there were huge numbers of people there. I have the feeling like half the, uh, the local branch of our St. Louis County Library is probably in people's houses right now. Uh, but hey, that's what it's for, right? Um, but anyway, so yeah, we grabbed a lot of books. The kids grabbed a, a number of just sort of books that they like. Uh, my daughter's, you know, reading the uh, Wings of Fire series. I don't know if any of you guys know that. Uh, it's all about sort of dragons. Uh, my son discovered, uh, as we've talked about previously on the show, uh, the sort of Minecraft adventure books, uh, which he had promptly went through all of them very quickly, uh, and so he doesn't have any of those left uh, for his class, and we grabbed a bunch of DVDs, and the principal ones we grabbed, Pokemon, so you guys know I play Pokemon Go, um, I've kind of given it up after about a year, it, it just, it, the, the grind of it really started to wear on me, and I just was not that interested in doing it, but he's been very interested in it, I mean, he has Pokemon PJs, he has Pokemon uh, shirts, you know, Pokemon bed sheets, everything. There's more Pikachus in our house that I can shake a stick at. But what's been interesting is that his only experience had really been uh, seeing Pokemon Go on my phone a little bit and then getting a few of the books. So he has a number of sort of the starter books um, for Pokemon. Uh, he has like a field guide to, you know, understanding them all, which I also found very useful when I was playing the game. But we got Indigo League, the uh, original sort of Pokemon. I guess it's the first season of it. I do understand that there's also sort of two conflicting storylines. Indigo League sort of starts one of the two storylines there is a second storyline but it's i think it's seven uh, dvds worth of episodes it's like 72 episodes we are about halfway through it we've been watching parts of them uh, in the evenings so what we do is we have a, a sort of family tv time we have not watched much tv in our house uh, prior to the current situation but because of it we have created sort of a family tv time uh, in our house and we get to pick uh, various people get to pick at different times what they want but definitely one of the things that uh, has been popular is the picking of um, a Pokemon Indigo League and in the course of doing that uh, that 
picking and that stuff in conjunction with it. We've been watching the initial Pokemon Indigo League. So it's been very interesting. I mean, I used to watch a lot of animation based on Japanese animation when I was a kid. I watched Robotech. I watched uh, Transformers, you know, uh, G.I. Joe, sort of that style of kids animation. What's been very interesting, obviously, watching Pokemon DVDs is you really notice the uh, the fact that, you know, it can be very repetitive. It can give you a lot of, you know, you can spend a 20-minute episode, a 27-minute episode, you know, 10 minutes of it can be recap. <laughs> And, you know, breaks from the, uh, the cartoons. It's becoming a running joke of, you know, which, uh, they always ask you, oh, we know, which Pokemon is this? Uh, uh, and it's always the one that was just introduced. So it's kind of a running joke uh, in the family now. But it's been very interesting to watch it. And we've commented about it. Is it surprisingly good? You know, even my wife has commented, and she doesn't like stuff like this, that the, uh, the text on it is surprisingly good. It's a pretty good story. It's actually reasonably interesting. I understand now why there, there's sort of so much enjoyment from it for people that definitely grew up with it, that would have grown up with it in the same way that, you know, I enjoy Transformers. I still sort of enjoy watching the Transformers TV show. I have it on DVD and things like that. So it's, it's one of those where it's been very interesting. We have really enjoyed it. Even I started getting into the, you know, wanting to see who are they going to introduce next? Who are the Pokemon that are coming? You know, uh, can Ash actually win, you know, a, ba a battle sort of, you know, straight up. But that's been a lot of our watching. The other thing we have become addicted to, The Masked Singer. Get started on it because it came on before Lego Masters and we were watching a lot of Lego Masters. If you guys didn't watch it, I would highly recommend watching Lego Masters uh, if you can get it on one of the streaming services or something like that. It's a great show if you're at all into Lego and some of the stuff that they make is utterly amazing. So anyway, I did want to mention that. But yeah, we've really enjoyed the masking. I've been getting a huge kick out of seeing uh, Hugh, who is uh, unmasked and uh, you know who they are, what they are. And uh, so anyway, those have been sort of our uh, our big things. But I definitely want to mention the Pokemon one just because I think it's, it's so funny that, you know, that's... It's a pervasive sort of social thing. It's one of those things that I was a little bit too old for it. I did experience the collectible card game. I was hugely into Magic when the collectible card game came out for Pokemon. Um, I still have some first edition cards from it because it sort of intrigued me and I knew it was a big deal. But I was I was a little bit too old. Like I said I was more Transformers and GI Joe. But it's one of those where it's been really interesting to sort of watch it now. Um, and then we actually watched uh, Pokemon 2000, the movie. Um, we watched that a while ago. He picked that up previously. Uh, but definitely the one thing I'm having uh, trouble with is sort of understanding uh, the interrelationship between the Pokemon, the idea of catching them, and how sort of the games interact with a lot of the uh, the TV shows. I think that's probably it for me this episode. But we'll see you have this if this format works. What you guys think of this format? Definitely feel free to leave us comments. If you can't stand me talking to myself, definitely tell us that as well. If we need to interact, but like I said, something we try. We know we haven't been the best at getting content out to you for the last couple of weeks. We've had a lot of technical issues um, of just trying to figure out how to record content, how to get the two of us in the same place, and that was part of the idea of. Um, doing this was to say, hey, even if we uh, can't be in the same place and we can't even necessarily be available at the same time, we can at least do some recording in the fact that we would, we would normally do it. I will leave you with that. I'll turn it back over to Ben, and hopefully I'll talk to you next week. And then one last thing I've been doing, uh, I did one of these for Easter. Uh, we did a treasure hunt, something I used to do for my kids all the time, and I haven't done as much lately. But for their Easter baskets, I set up a treasure hunt that basically required them to run up and down the stairs all over. Treasure hunt's the one where you, you give them a clue, and that clue leads to the next clue, and then they find that clue, and it leads to the next clue, and et cetera, and et cetera. So I spread these all over the house. It took me like two hours to write the clues and hide them all, and it took them about eight minutes to finish the whole thing. So, But they got a lot of exercise in that eight minutes, which they promptly undid by finding their Easter baskets and diving into the candy. But if you're looking for something different and fun that maybe your kids haven't done before and would enjoy, do a treasure hunt. You can do it in your own house and really easy to write and set up. It takes a while, but your kids might love it. So uh, that's it. That's all I've got. Those are some of the things that uh, that we've been doing. If any of those suggestions appeal to any of you, if you check any of that out and you wind up liking it, 
let me know. And likewise, if you've got any suggestions of things that you think Kirk or I should be checking out, uh, don't hesitate to drop us a line and say so. That's all for today. We'll see you next time. Lorem, play us out. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Lewis Rice LLC, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. This podcast was produced and recorded in St. Louis, Missouri.